This is a Kitty Pod production. Hey, man! Howdy, do, folks. Jason Bowen here with another bonus episode of the Keep It To Yourself podcast, and this is a very special one. It may have escaped your notice, but this is how I operate here as a human being. Most recently, we had the 10th anniversary of friend of the show Adam Parada's appearance on the long-running game show Jeopardy. Now, what you're about to hear is an interview I did with Adam about his time on that show and, of course, reflections on Alex Trebek as this interview was recorded sometime after he passed away. Alex Trebek, that is, not Parada. He's still alive and well. Uh, This is when we're about a week or so removed from Alex Trebek passing away in November of 2020. He was a long-running host of that game show. And there was some speculation we did. Jokingly, he meant that I was going to be the host. I probably would do a better job. No disrespect to the one, maybe two hosts that are occupying the helm right now. I wonder how I wonder how Parada would feel about A, Matt Amodio being the current Jeopardy champion for as long as he has, and B, the two-headed monster of Mayim Bialik and Ken Jennings, Mama There That Man Again, my dad doesn't like him, and he's hoping that Matt Amodio breaks Ken Jennings' streak. But that is neither here nor there. And with enough talk, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take you back in time to November of last year. And the chat I had with Adam Parada sometime after the passing of Alex Trebek. Enjoy. JB, <laughs> man, you got a beard on you like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Holy crap! Hey, look man. what I got though. Yeah, look what I got. <laughs> <laughs> I you knew you'd you have know. some gear on. <laughs> How you, you know doing, what? Bud? In honor of your win, here's what I'll do. Take the I'll put off. it backwards so you don't have to look <laughs> at the logo. You you look like you look like Ryan Fitzpatrick on Venice Beach. Holy crap! Oh yeah, you haven't seen me since I got the beard going. Yeah, the dad beard, man. I've I've seen the picture with you and uh, with you and you and uh, Lowell Wesley. How you doing? I got the hair growing out the back too. I'm trying to get the ponytail, bud. You're looking sharp, bud. You're keeping yourself up in this pandemic, unlike me, huh? Oh yeah. What? What? Barbershop still closed out that way? You know what's ironic, Jay? I cut my own hair, so it's like there's no excuse for me to have my hair this long. Anyway, I'm just taking the excuse. Oh, dang it. All right. Well, folks, Adam Parada is on the Keep It To Yourself podcast. First time ever on Zoom. First time we haven't done a, um, we haven't done an in-person recording. High tech. I like how you've, uh, you've pivoted your approach to go high tech in the, you know, in the pandemic environment. 
Yeah, so before we get to Jeopardy, how has parenting been in the pandemic? I know you got the little Wesley happy birthday to him, by the way. He got one year, was one year old recently. Yep, he was one year old on uh, about three weeks ago. So he'll actually, he's coming up on 13 months. So it's been Ooh. quite a experience. It seems like uh, that first year, in a, in a way, it felt like it was about 10 years. And in a way, it felt like it was about a month. Well, I could add that many years to your life. Holy crap, way you look. I'm not insulting you or anything, but <laughs> well, you can see the gray here, Jay. I don't know if you can see it. Wait, now is this a video? Is this going to be a visual podcast? Well, or this just is, audio? well, I say the videos for my own edification. This is like going to be more audio for me than anything else. So, so your listeners won't be able to see my gray hair that's creeping in. That's good. Well, they can just envision it. Yeah, you told them. <laughs> All right. Well, we're here, Ryan Fitzpatrick. There you go. All right. Well, anyway, we're here for a wrap to memorialize a titan of television who passed away recently and somebody with you who you had contact with many years ago, Alex Trebek, who That's passed right. away. R.I.P. Uh, yep. Just a week or so ago, he left us at the age of 80 after losing a well-publicized battle with pancreatic cancer. And Adam, you were on Jeopardy many years back, so we're going to talk about that. So. Yeah, for anybody who goes on the Jeopardy and wants to go, how do they do that? They take the test, right? They take the test. Now, we got you say it's a, it was a while ago, and I was thinking. I actually had to look back to see when my episode was on, and it was. It was, it was nine years ago, over, a little over nine years ago. It aired, mm -hmm. aired on October, I think, 7th, 2011, but I taped it at least maybe two months before that. Maybe so you're one of, the, that was one, of the first, one of the first tapings you had for that season. And it was it was right around the time I don't know if you remember if Jeopardy fans will remember this it was when Alex had a, his bum uh, ankle. Yeah, yeah, I posted on your Facebook and you said you take that off, man. You told me was to take that ankle? off. What was it? I forget exactly. What I think he, I think he was in San Francisco. He was chasing after some robber. Then he rolled his ankle while he was trying to. I don't know. Yeah, the story was a little bit suspect. It was like he had chased some young woman out of his hotel room, <laughs> but she was allegedly a burglar. I I don't know. Oh. We didn't ask him any questions about the story, but there was uh, yeah, there I was some his Achilles or something. So he was laid up. Oh yeah, uh, ACL. That's a bad injury. Ask Dak Prescott. You don't want that injury. So actually, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It was kind of a, a precursor to, you know, I don't know if you've been watching, but they've been filming. For, you know, up until he passed away, they were filming in the, you know, under quarantine, social distancing. So he stands yep. over at the podium and talks yep, to the six feet away. contestants. And that's how it was kind of when I was on, uh, but just because he couldn't really walk over there, couldn't move very well. It wasn't because uh, of coronavirus, it was because he had a uh, bum ankle. He had, a bum, exactly. he had a bum wheel, as they say. Exactly. So, all right. So, uh, yeah, the process was kind of as best I can remember. And it's probably different now. I would imagine, well, maybe it's the same. I took a test, I don't know how long before that. It must have been like, you know, every now and then they have the sort of open call for tests for contestants, mm -hmm. or aspiring contestants. And I probably took it, I want to say six months before, something like that, online. I had mm -hmm. taken it a couple times in the past and evidently didn't do well enough to get the call for the in-person audition. Uh, but this time, luckily enough, I did. And a couple months after that, after the, the online test, you go in, I think it was at a hotel, maybe over in Century City here in LA, somewhere, I forget where it was. And you, you do a written test. So there's about a few dozen, probably 100 people, if I remember correctly, are there. And you take a written test, and then you play sort of a little mock game. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, think that, I think the goal of that is to kind of see, you know, how you do in a live environment. 
uh, if you're not too much of a weirdo to put on TV. I don't know why they let me on. I, I, I evaded that screening criteria, I guess. <laughs> I uh, bet you did. So, so evidently that went well enough. Um, and then a couple months after that, I got a call. I was actually in Saratoga, I remember. I was home. So actually it must have been, yeah, it must have been the summer because I was in Saratoga. Oh, yeah, we met, a couple, we met up a couple of times that summer. I think it was the summer I graduated from graduate school. So oh. um, I was back in Saratoga and I got a call and I knew some, I, knew, I think it was like uh, somehow I knew it was the, the uh, Jeopardy's number because it was from wh wherever their office is. Uh, forget what it would have been. Brian, I, I Brian the Sony Studios I in Los Angeles. Yeah, Culver City. That's right. So oh, I think Culver it was City. Culver City way. number on my phone. And so I missed the call, but I had a feeling it was Jeopardy. So I was quite excited and listened to the voicemail and they say, Hey, they said, Hey, you know, uh, we'd like to have you on the show. And they gave me the date, which was, uh, again, I don't remember exactly the timeline of all this, but it was like, you know, it was a month or two out. So I got a couple months of last minute prep. And I remember the funny thing though, was I had just moved into a new apartment. Amy and I had just moved into our first new apartment, literally like, two days after we moved in, I had to go and be on Jeopardy. So I was kind of in the midst of a, you know, kind of a chaotic couple of days in the life. Um, or at least what counted for chaos then before having a, having a baby in a pandemic. Oh, yeah. so. <laughs> my sister, my sister and brother-in-law can tell you having the kid of their own, that caused a good deal of chaos. So, yeah. So then I went in, um, what a lot of people don't realize is when you watch a sh show, one week of shows, so Monday to Friday in any given week, is all one day of taping. So they actually, at least at the time, I don't know if it's the same now, um, they only work, they only film two days a week, I believe. It was Monday, yeah. and, I think it was Monday and Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And so you go Monday, they film five episodes for one week. And then the next day, they film the five episodes for the second week, uh, which was something that I hadn't really known, I don't think, until I went and actually, you know, figured out how it was all going to work. Oh, yeah. So. What, uh, what, so, um, were you on like the Monday or the Tuesday tapings from what you know? That's a good question. I don't remember. Um, but I remember I was, my episode was the Friday episode, the one that aired Friday. So that's the so, last one they yeah. taped that particular day. I was the last one to be taped in that day, which meant I had got to watch June Pock destroy everybody else. And then me and uh, the other guy was just, just, we were the only ones left. And we said, I guess it's our turn to go up and get mowed down by the trivia master. Yeah, it could have been worse. You could have had Jeopardy James Holtzauer. That would have been, yep. That would have been bad too. You know, it, it's funny because I he he almost lost the game right before me, I remember. Ooh, we could have had a new champion. We could have had a new champion, and I forget he somehow pulled it out. I forget the details, but when that happened, me and this other guy looked at each other and we said, "Well, I guess we're, I guess we're done." You know, I almost, pre I almost pretended that I was sick. I remember I almost said, "I don't want to face this guy. Let me fake an illness and have him send me home, and then hopefully, you know, they'll have me come back when it's not so much of a buzzsaw that I'll have to play against." But I went through with it. And I took my medicine. My my one thing that I wanted to accomplish was I, I didn't want to get the dreaded, uh, you know, be in the red at the end of Double Jeopardy and not get to participate in oh, yeah. Jeopardy. That would have been have brought great shame upon many people. So, And I also didn't have to do math. That was the other thing I was worried about. So the wagering strategy, you know, there's a lot of ins and outs to the wagering strategy in, in Final Jeopardy. Assuming you're more than 50% of the, of the guy in, in first total. So 
I wasn't up to that. So there's no way me or the other guy could have won. So I didn't have to worry about making any wagering error. So that was a good silver lining too. Well, we watched that night. Well, I remember watching that night. We, you gave it your best. And a number of us, a number of our mutual friends and those in our circle, they watched that night too, from what I recall. Oh yeah. I remember there were some, some watch events. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I didn't embarrass the capital region too much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You did the five, one, eight proud, even though, uh, you did get mowed down by June Pock. It was like a, almost like Apollo Creed. That scene in uh, Rocky Four where he takes the punch of Ivan Drago and he gets knocked down. James Brown's there to witness it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you for that analogy, Jay. That's another way for me to envision as I reimagine my failure. I must break you. <laughs> you know, he was a nice guy too. I wish I could say I wish I could say June Pock was 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 an a hole, but he was actually a nice guy. You know, you, you interact with all the other contestants who are there for the whole week, well, and yeah. you know, for the week's taping. Um, so, you know, I was, remember talking to him a little bit before our match. He was a – I think he still does. He's a New York Times, a very well-known yeah, New York I've Times. Done a few, I've done a few of his crosswords. I do his, I did, I've done a fun I've, – I've done a few of his New York Times Sunday crosswords, easy for me to say. Yeah, so we talked about that a little bit. And, and matter of fact, I believe the week that my episode was on, with uh, you know against him, he also I think it was that day his crossword was in the New York Times. Wow! So, yeah, it was really like a, a double whammy of of nerd accomplishments. Wow, we so he got to mow you and the other guy down, and he had a, a crossword published in the New York Times. So double shot. Exactly. But he was a nice guy. I think he was a professor at I want to say MIT. He was a young guy, but he was a professor of oh. something at MIT. Um, and I remember he, whenever he got a match, like there was one game, not my game, one of the games before mine, where he, there was a whole category on math, and he got one, there was a daily double, and he was way ahead, and he bet it all, just because he knew he, he was so good at math, and of course he got it and doubled up. Yeah, he was like Jeopardy James, like all in. <laughs> exactly, that was, <laughs> no. yep, exactly. He didn't so have any catchphrases or or gestures uh at that time jeopardy james took care of that eight years later mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it was a long ways off so as people who watch the show know after the first commercial break alex will go and interview all the contestants and obviously you were in the third position you were in the far right so he got to you first yep. do you recall what uh, he asked you because you have this little questionnaire like well if you get on the show what are some things that uh, alex would want to talk to you about yes you know, it's funny because they ask you for four or five different anecdotes or things, you know, leading questions. Um, and then Alex picks among them, which one he wants to talk about. And I had four kind of standard issue ones. I forget what they were, but they were, you know, a little more highbrow than the one he chose, which was the fifth one that I added because I couldn't think of anything else. And it was about how me and my buddy in, from college used to play Jeopardy as a drinking game. <laughs> so of course, you know, Alex had a little bit of a, a, a ribald sense of humor a little bit, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, so he, of course, chose that one. And so I explained how we used to play Jeopardy as a drinking game. And uh, my one buddy, if you, I, I don't know if he listens to this podcast, but my I doubt buddy, it. Uh, he was famously bad at Jeopardy, but he really liked to play. And, you know, because he liked to get drunk and, ha you know, have it be for a reason other than just that he wanted to get drunk. So that was a little anecdote I told. But then I was told, I think I was totally overshadowed by the, the guy in second, uh, the second podium who told some story about how he, I forget, he used to work for some financial company and 
they got recruited by the CIA or, or the FBI or something. It had something to do with Pablo Escobar's finances that he, what? he was like involved in unraveling. So well, my little innocent drinking Jeopardy story kind of got uh, kind of got overshadowed. Got blown out. Got blown out of the water by Andres Escobar, Colombian drug lord. And then and then Dunpak told some boring story because he had already won about five or six games and ran through all his inner you know interesting stories. Yeah, yeah. Ken Jennings would have felt like he had like that amazing streak many years back and like Yeah. I, was I don't have that many stories, let alone I don't expect him to be here this long. Yeah, I think he by the end I remember they were just asking him what it was like to be on Je- Well, so now you know the the he's got a the, the favorite to take over for Trebek. Yeah, but I did. Yeah, but I did hear like Levar. There, there's a campaign to get Levar Burton in the spot. I've heard George Stephanopoulos might take. Out, there's a, his name's been thrown out there. I can. I got a guy who might be good. A bit of a dark horse candidate. He's a very successful podcast host. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. What the feel is out. Thanks, Ace. Appreciate it. All right. Well, uh, it's a pretty good gig. You only work two days a week. Uh, I think you can get it. The pay is pretty good. I'll bet it is. Well, I'll tell you, Alex is going to be a very hard. You know, his shoes are going to be very difficult to fill. And when you heard that Alex had passed away, what was your reaction immediately? Well, it's funny because it, it. I remember not funny, but I remember. Uh, you know, the story that he had cancer. That's been around. You know, that broke a couple of years ago. It seems mm-hmm. like. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like that long ago. But I hadn't heard anything about it. And the last thing I heard was that he he was you know had improved quite a bit, and things were kind of looking up um and then oh, this kind of came out of nowhere so i guess i guess that's how that works though it just goes once it once it goes downhill it goes downhill pretty quickly so i, I read somewhere i think that they the last episode he, i don't know if you saw this but the last taping was sometime in the, i think it was like mid-october it was a very short time ago mm-hmm. so he must have been well enough to you know to tape then um so yeah it was kind of a surprise it was in a year full of surprises and you know unwelcome news it was Kind of one more thing to add to the to the shitty list, right? Exactly. Uh, and well, the he taped all his episodes going through right about the end of the year. I think the last one's going to air Christmas Day or Christmas night. I saw that. I saw that. That'll be a nice gift to all the to all the Jeopardy fans out there. Yeah. But yeah, so, he was an icon. He was amazing. I remember watching Jeopardy. You know, I don't know how old I was, but it was it was same. always on at seven thirty because it's airs. See here, it airs at seven. It's always. It always, it never, depending on what market you're in, it, it's right back-to-back back with Wheel of Fortune. Yep, same here. It uh, airs at 7.30 right here in the, the Capital Region. 7.30 there in the Capital Region, yeah. I think here it's on before Wheel of Fortune. I don't know, I DVR, I don't watch it live. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a, he was a, he was a you know, constant presence in the Parada household. And, and uh, same at Bullet House, too. Play. Yeah, and still, actually, to this day, when I go back to, you know, and, and stay at my parents, we, you know, we always put Jeopardy on, and um, it's good that, you know, I think the show will still be on, but obviously it won't be the same without without Alex, so. 100, indeed. So, all right, one last one here before we uh, wrap up here. Who do you reckon is your favorite Jeopardy champion of all time? Oh, well, I mean, I got I, I to gotta say June Pa because he beat me, right? <laughs> there you go, Honor. There you go, man. The, he beat you. Why not? <laughs> he was, you know, yeah, he was uh, – I could say that, I, you know, I would have beaten anybody else except June Pa. So who, who's to know that's not true? I was actually – I remember watching I – was, I was kind of heartened by the fact that he – I think – I don't know that he won the Tournament of Champions, but he did really well in the Tournament of Champions that year. Yes, he, so said, yes, he did, man. Yeah, he uh... – 
Uh, some of us who watched we thought James Holtzow or even Brad Rutter were going to take it down, but Ken Jennings, he uh, took it down in the very end. Well, I'm talking, I'm talking the, the June pot, though. So you know how they have it every year. They have just the yearly tournament. All the tournament of champions. And I was a little worried that he was going to do not do well. And so I would, you know, look bad by by proxy because he beat me so easily. But he actually, you know, he did really well in that too. So I said, all right, he, he probably would have beaten most Jeopardy champions anyway. So. <laughs> How you think? What? I had a dream before I went on. I only remembered this after. Before I went on, I had a dream that I I played a guy uh, and who was just like a buzzsaw. And I watched that dream, that nightmare, sort of slowly come true the day of. So I think he won four or five games after me. So he, I think he wound up winning ten, at least maybe ten or eleven games. So he was quite, he was quite the champion. Yeah. Well, we're we're over a year, or about a year removed from when. I believe it was uh, James Holtzauer and uh, Emma Botcher, I believe her name is. I don't know. That, oh, yeah. uh, this woman named Emma, they had quite the battle in the Tournament of Champions this time last year. I remember that. Yeah, he was real good. And, and you know, this was kind of before. It seems like it's gotten the James Holtzauer uh, strategy of, you know, going all over the board and betting big on daily doubles. That's kind of a more recent phenomenon. June Pock was kind of in the in that era. It was still played pretty straightforward. You go start at you know the highest one in the category and go down. Um, other than the math daily double, he I remember he he wagered pretty conservatively on daily doubles. So kind of a different game uh, as far as the betting strategy and the and the question picking strategy. But um, yeah, it was a fun experience. And now that you know, so the urban legend always was that. If you're on once, you can't be on again as long as Trebek is the host. Now, Trebek's not the host anymore. I don't want to say that that's a, a, a positive thing for me, but could theoretically maybe go back on, I don't know, and avenge my loss. Well, we'll, well, we'll see. Stranger things that happen, especially in this year. And, uh, and uh, there you have it right there, folks. So, well, apes, I'm going back here to the beginning and back to the – we used to do like once a year for the auditions. Now it's like you can take the test anytime you want on demand. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I, I think started earlier this year, if not late last year. They said they're going to do the test. on. You can take the Jeopardy test anytime you want. Day or oh, night. that's interesting. So it's like a rolling thing. Yeah, I think I took mine about sometime in the spring. I, I mean, just like all the other times, I haven't heard back from them. But I know when I, if I, do, when I finally do get the call, it's not going to be the same with uh, Alex uh, not being the host anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's good to know, though, that you can take it whenever. It's, I haven't taken it, obviously, because there's been no point in me taking it since I was on. But uh, maybe I'll take it just for fun uh, one of these just days. Just for fun, geez. All right, well, Apes, it's great talking to you about uh, Alex Trebek and Jeopardy and your appearance and being on stage with the great man, the fact that we all walk the same terror as him. I truly appreciate you coming to us over the Zoom from Los Angeles, California. And that's a nice sure little thing, JB. That's a nice little. You want to hang on the line for a little bit? We'll have a little off-the-record convo. See what's <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, just, well, just a few, yeah, well, just a few minutes here. All right, well, so we'll uh, take it offline. We'll say goodbye to our listeners, and uh, Adam, thanks for coming on. We'll pause the recording as soon as we say goodbye to the listeners. All right, listeners, I'll I'll talk to you uh, probably uh, for our annual Christmas uh, episode. We'll it, yeah, we'll take it to the Zoom as well. All right, JB, sounds good. Well, there you have it, gang. Hope you enjoyed that little chat I had with Parada, that little brief trip back into time almost a year ago. And that'll do it for this bonus episode. I'll have episode number 138 of the Old Kitty Pod 
in your feeds and in your ear holes by this time next week. So enough talk. I'm about to sign off here. I'll talk to you later this week. Bye-bye. This has been a Kitty Pod production. Produced in Saratoga County, New York. Shared with the world.